0: Welcome to the Celebration Church Orlando podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope it encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Oh, yeah. What's going on, Celebration Church Orlando? Great to be here with you today. Awesome to see all your smiling faces. Go ahead and have a seat. Uh, As you do that, why don't you get out your Bible or your smart device and open up. Uh, your Bible to uh, Psalm 119, verse 165. Long Psalm, find verse 165. As you go there, though, I do want to say hi to Pastor Keith and Megan. We love you guys. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me here. And uh, man, we just can't wait to hear what God has done in your hearts over these past few weeks. So proud of you for getting away and getting refreshed in the Lord and getting fresh vision for this house and what God wants to do in the city of Orlando in and through us. And thank you so much for shepherding this community so well. And uh, I do want to thank the whole staff here, man. Do you love the staff that serves you here? Come on, put your hands together for them. Love Pastor Nate. Love, uh, let's see, Pastor Lindsey Brenner, man. She preached to paint off the walls. Anybody enjoy that last week? Come on, man. Pastor Vinny and the team. Um, man, uh, Pastor Eileen, one of my favorite people. I've known her when she was up in D.C. Now she's here with you in Orlando. So great to see her! And uh, man, we just we're so glad that God has called shepherds and pastors to this house to serve you so well. I just I just want to thank all of our serving teams, all of our group leaders, every one of you that shepherds in some way, you know, I think over the years, over the decades, I've seen a kind of a trend in in church ministry, you know, it got to be kind of a spectator sport for a while. I don't know if you ever felt that, but I really believe that God is restoring the shepherds in our community. Have you sensed that, how important it is, especially coming off a pandemic, how important it is to be together? Do you sense that? Uh, do you sense how important it is for us to connect with one another and to be able to walk with one another and really make deep relationships with one another? And that's something that's happening here at Celebration Orlando. We couldn't be more proud of the people who serve this house. Come on, Larry. I love the keys, man. You make me sound so spiritual when you're up here. Oh, yeah. Do you love Larry? You love your worship team? I love your worship team here, man. Oh, my God. Vinny gets me fired up, man, with that bass guitar, too, man. He's going for it. Ooh. I was praying about how I could contribute to the songs, your playlist here, the songs of summer. And I labored long and hard in the word, to be honest, man. I was like, I kept going after God, going back and forth. There's 150 Psalms, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, it should be easy to land one, right? I couldn't, I just kept going through it and through it with the Lord kind of leading me. Where I landed was I wanted to share with you, not just uh, as some of the preachers have done in this series by unpacking an entire Psalm. I wanted to share with you one of the things that I learned from the Psalms, a principle of God and his word and his ways that changed my life and has really helped shape my faith over the last 20 plus years following Jesus. Is that okay if I share that with you today? Now, I hope you're ready for a word. This ain't like light, you know, man, here's three fun things to do from the Psalms. Like, it's actually a pretty strong word. I hope you're ready to receive it. If you're ready to receive it, I'm ready. You say that, I'm ready? ready. A few of you, all right. We're going to proceed forward and see how this goes. Psalm 119, verse 165. I'm going to read it in the King James Version. Anybody love that King James? It's so eloquent and so beautiful. I love it. We don't read it much, but the Psalms are beautiful in the King James It says, great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Today I want to share with you some of the things I've learned from the scriptures and from my experience following Jesus about how to respond to offense. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Open up our hearts and our minds to your word today, to your presence, to your spirit. We thank you for your presence here, God. We thank you for what you're doing in us and through us as a church family. That God, you are, you're setting us up for when, not just in our individual relationships with you, but how we come together as your family here in Orlando and serve the city, reach the city with the gospel and the love of Jesus. So Lord, thank you for these times together that we could worship freely, God, free from persecution. Here we are, we're able to come together and worship, whether we're in person or tuning in online, and we can receive your word and it can change and shape our lives forever. We open up our hearts and our minds to you. May the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Well, I want to take you back real quick to the summer of 1998. Wave at me if you were alive in 1998. Uh, and a lot of you, wave at you, if you at me if you were not yet born in 1998. Some of you, okay, looking around, trying to judge my crowd here, right? 1990s. Oh, man, the 90s were great. Kid and play, you know what I'm saying? little Pearl Jam. Oh, man, love the 90s. But I'm um, child of the 80s, but really my 20s were in the 90s. One of the things I love doing in the 90s, I love surfing. I'm from Jacksonville. I'm from Ohio originally. Who's the surfer guy from Ohio? But I've been living in Jacksonville surfing. Uh, I learned to surf here in Melbourne and and eventually moved to Jacksonville. I love surfing. Uh, But I got saved as a young adult in 1996. I immediately fell in with a few surfers. We thought we were the only surfers on planet earth that loved Jesus. We really did. There was no internet to check. So we knew that we were the only surfers on planet earth that loved Jesus. Turns out they're everywhere. But uh, we started doing these surf trips to Costa Rica where we'd go surfing in the mornings because, you know, the winds are just right. we go surfing in the mornings, and then the afternoons, uh, you know, we'd, we'd uh, go in and, and serve in the local churches. Like, we'd find out if they had any projects or things we could help with or whatever. Like, serve day kind of thing, you know? And then at night, we'd go to their services. And man, they're full Pentecostal in Costa Rica. They throw down, man. Like, every night, it's like revival has hit the city. They're, like, excited, man. They have these great services, and so... We were on this trip in 1998 and we had about 20 surfers and we're in like, I don't know, six or eight, you know, Suzuki sidekicks like going all through. It was like, it it was like the, the Wild West back then. Like you can get on an interstate and get from San Jose out to the coast now in like 20 minutes or something like that. It was like three hours on washboard gravel roads to get out to the waves back in the 90s. It was totally different. And uh, it, was, it was frustrating at times. There's no signs. There's no cell phones. Psh, cell phones hadn't even been, you know, it's like a bag phone in your car from the 80s or something, still at that point. There's no cell service. There's not even pay phones. You know what I'm saying? It was wild west. And uh, because of that, man, you're riding around a bunch of stinky, sweaty, salty surfers riding around in these SUVs. You know, it was, a, it was a diverse group. You know, we had some guys that were just surfers and wanted to go on a surf trip, they're not even saved. Then we had people that were Christians that didn't surf, that wanted to go and minister in the churches. And, uh, you know, tensions wouldn't always, everything wasn't, but a bunch of people just always, let's all get along. It's the Holy Spirit, man. Just, oh man, everything's so good. There was a lot of tension would come up and and we would get at each other, on each other's nerves. And it was difficult, man. A lot of us didn't even know each other. And, um, you know, as we navigated through all that, it was funny how all of us as believers, like God kind of showed us some things about ourselves. And I'll never forget one night I was in, the, um, in a room with my roommate. I was, again, in my 20s. This guy was a surfer in his 50s. And uh, he'd been following the Lord a while, and I was learning some things from him. And he said, you know, we are talking about the tensions and kind of the fighting that was going on. And, you know, this guy's mad at that guy, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he told me, he said, John, nothing can offend me or make me stumble because I love the law of the Lord like, he rolled that back? What was that? I'm like, what? <laughs> Nothing can offend me or make me stumble because I love the law of the Lord. It like, it was one of those moments. It kind of shocked me a little bit. You know, I was new to the Lord trying to figure out how to love Jesus and how to be a believer, especially as a kind of a surfer. I was a bartender at the time, you know, I was trying to figure it out. And when he said that, it was like revelation went off in my heart about how the word of God it's not just there for behavior modification to change our outward appearance of our lives. Like, you know, hey, I don't kill nobody. I'm a Christian. I don't lie. I'm a Christian, whatever. Like, it, there was something that clicked inside of me about how the word of God can get deep down inside of you and change you from the inside out. I, I suddenly had like a vision of being someone who just when the opportunities come to be offended or hurt or wounded by someone's words, that the word of God could protect me from that. It could protect me on the inside from picking up roots of bitterness or things that would cause me not to love my neighbor or love God. There was something powerful that the word of God possessed that I needed to learn. And I I thought about like, hurtful words that were spoken against me that I'd kind of internalized? Do you have, Anybody ever done that? You don't need to raise your hands, but like somebody says something mean or hurtful to you and all of a sudden your opinion of that person changes and it sticks with you. Didn't Jesus say to love all people? Oh my gosh, how am I going to love that person, man? It's so rude, and offensive. <laughs> what about... What about when somebody, maybe in the course of your work, you know, people have authority at jobs. You know, all of us are under authority in some way when somebody in authority has to make a tough call and you're the one with the short end of the stick. What about when that happens? These are opportunities for us to pick up wounds and offense. You know, even if it's a part of like normal things, this is just the work world. It's the corporate world. Here's how how it goes. What about when life just throws you a curveball with a health issue and you can get offended at God? Am I right? These things happen. This is the real world, friends. So, how can we be Christians in the real world? And how can we experience what it's like to be unoffendable in a world where I'm sure there's people in this room? People have been mistreated. Don't raise your hand. You know, I know you're probably sitting next to the person that might have offended you, maybe in this room. You know what I'm saying? Don't raise your hands on this stuff, hands down. But, man, you've probably been mistreated. I would be willing to roll the dice and say that you've been misrepresented slandered, hurt, wounded, wrongfully accused, you know, accused of something, doing something or, or holding something or being something that you're not. It's terrible, man, when we, we cry out for justice, but nothing seems to get done. Nothing seems to change in the heavenly realms. We all have these opportunities to be offended. And if we do, it keeps us from making wise choices. You can make choices based on your wounds and your hurt as opposed to on the word of God. Am I right? You and I have some offense, might have some offenses lingering and running in the background like an operating system that we're not even aware of and they're changing the way that we perceive others and relate to others and build relationships. But the word of God is not external to us. The word of God gets down deep on the inside of us. The New Testament goes on to describe it as something that divides even as joints and marrow and it gets down into the nitty gritty of our lives and it can change us from the inside out. I hope I'm in a room full of people, man, that have experienced the life-changing, life-transforming power of God. Can somebody shout amen if you've experienced this in some areas of your life, right? Okay, got it, man, just making sure. Celebration Orlando. Right? This is not the art museum crowd. No, you're not here for art? No. Okay, good. I want to just share a few things that I've learned from my life and experiences today that have helped me pass on opportunities to get offended. Are you with me? All right. Let me just share a few things, though, initially about what God says about this. And that's why we go to the scriptures, right? We learn from God straight out of the word of God. What does it mean in this passage, in this verse, to love God's law? does that mean to the New Testament believer in 2022 in Central Florida? Love God's law. Is that something? The law, isn't that like Old Testament, Old Covenant? Well, Psalm 119 helps us understand this a little bit better. Pastor Nate did a great job of, of pulling apart 119. It's a long, long chapter of the Bible, but there's a few great verses in there that help us understand what it means to love God's law. First, 140 says we accept it as the very words of God. That's what it means to love God's law is you say, hey, this is God's word. I'm going to treat it as holy. I'm going to receive it not as just something that I read in a self-help book. This is the word of God and I need to reverence it as such. That's what it means to love God's law is that you treat it as God's word. Psalm 119 verse 113 it teaches us that we choose it above the vain thoughts and lying of this world. All right, so this think worldview here. Culture will teach you a worldview. You may have a worldview formed that you've formed your own opinions about things. Maybe you've taken on impressions and different things as you've grown, maybe from your family of origin, things that you were taught about. Life in general that you've taken as true and you've built this worldview. But there are times when the, our humanistic worldview does not align with the worldview of the Lord. Amen? You know, there's a tension there. And to love the law of the Lord means when my worldview is out of alignment with God's worldview, I'm going to choose his view above my own. Think Jesus, not my will be done, but yours right that's what it means to love the law of the Lord. Uh, verse 127 we choose it above the gold of this world above the gold of the world the things that are treasured in this world the things that are valuable in this world, the things that can help us capitalize in this world. we choose God's word even above those things. that's what it means to love the law of the Lord. The psalmist would have thought more than just you know this is the law like the the 613. You know, uh, restrictions or laws in the Deuteronomical canon, right? Like, he would have thought more than that. He's thinking law, prophets, and even the ways of mankind. Uh, this, was, this was common in the ancient Near East. Uh, it's common in Roman thought. It's common in Greek Hellenistic thought. It's even common amongst us today. We think about our walk with God. That's our ways. When our walk does not align with God's standards for our walk, Right? To love the law of the Lord means not my will be done, but yours. Are you with me? Right? That's what it means to love the law of the Lord. And Jesus fulfilled, he didn't do away with the Old Testament. He fulfilled the law. And he makes it simple. Even a surfer can understand it. It's fantastic. Matthew 22, check this out. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all. Everybody say all. 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 the law and the prophets. So you see that it's less about, you know, following step-by-step instructions, and that's how you love the law of the Lord. It's more like we say here in Orlando. We love God. We love people. Right? We love God. We love people. I love Jesus, man. He summarizes things so succinctly, doesn't he? Love God, love people, and in this, you will obey all the law. Of God. You'll be walking in the will of the, the Lord. Second thing it means to love God's law is to have great peace. What does it mean to have great peace? Great peace have those who love your law. Great peace. What does that look like? Isaiah 26 3 says this you keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. To love the Lord. God, and the law of the Lord means to trust the Lord, even when his ways are above our ways, even when the boundaries he sets in place might not be comfortable. Who loves boundaries and limits in their life? Anybody? Who loves budgets? I love running out of money at the end of the month because I have a limit on how much I can spend. Who loves just running out of time or energy in your week because the next day is already here? There are limits that realistically we have to deal with, right? God sets those limits in place for us by his law. And to love his law means to love his limits. Ooh, The limitations that God sets on us. To love and embrace those, it gives us peace. Do you see it? To stay within the guardrails of God is going to bring you peace. Now, we might like to say, hey... When I get to control my life, oh, man, oh, yeah, I'll give you one right there. Man, life is good when I'm in control. What about when that comes into conflict with the will of God for your life? Are you willing to let go of control in some area of your life and let God's word take control? This is what it means to love the Lord, the law of the Lord. And when you do, you'll have great peace. It does not make any sense whatsoever to return the first 10% of what you earn to the Lord. No sense whatsoever. 100% better than 90. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to money, I would rather have 100% of my money than not. It makes no sense. But when you follow the law of the Lord, right, it releases peace started tithing for the first time. I don't know why I'm going off a tangent on this. I really want to share this with you after what Pastor Nate said, though. Uh, you know, we got saved. Me and my wife, Carrie, she's here with me today. I love you, baby. Oh, yeah. The source of the oh, yeah. We got saved as adults. We first-generation Christians, never been, you know, didn't grow up in church or anything. And somebody, you know, we're like, every time I got radically saved first, and she kind of just like, man, you're crazy. But she was along the journey with me, man. And every time we'd step foot in a church, man, I'd throw everything in my wallet into the Bucket, man. I'm like, oh, I love you, God, this much. You've done so much for me. I can't believe it. Oh. She's like, man, you just put our rent in there. What are you doing? And we, we finally, we found a church, got planted and stuff. And some I just asked somebody, how much are you supposed to put in the bucket? You know, is $5 too little, all of it? How much? And uh, they're like, well, you start with 10%. Like, just start there and, you know, just start going from there, you know? And eventually, man, you pretty much are giving 100% of your life to the Lord. But started 10%. I'm like, oh, thanks. Now I can save like my rent money. (laughs) I was so happy. So we we started when we had nothing, we started tithing and giving and budgeting more and more and more for offerings and mission trips and all that kind of stuff. So I just want to encourage you in that. The the law of the Lord, it defines the areas where we fight against ourselves. Like I don't want to let go of my money. God says to do it, and there's great peace that's released in knowing that our finances are in the hands of the Lord. You know what I'm saying? It's another example of this. What does it mean to have great peace? This peace comes from loving the law of the Lord, man. Loving His ways above my ways. Great peace have those who love your law. Nothing can offend them or make them stumble. What does it mean? That nothing shall offend them? You know, we think of offensive things, man. I think of like, the Jaguars' offense was offensive. (laughs) Smelly. It's getting better though. we like Trevor, man. Trevor's been to the church. He came on Easter man. Emma, Marissa. We were pretty stoked. But uh, <laughs> yeah, sidebar. I'm not going down that road, baby. It's okay. But um offensive man, like something smelly, like oh, it's best described in, in, in our modern language, I think, with a, just a look like,, oh, like that's a f- oh, I can't believe you said that. Oh It's a little bit wider in, in, the, in the Hebrew in the original Hebrew. And even in the beautiful phrasing of, of the King James, to be offended, to be off-ended, to be tripped up, to stumble, to miss the mark, to sin. Great peace have those who love your law. Nothing shall trip them up and cause them to fail. How about that? Beautiful artistic language in the original Hebrew here. And that's why I think my friend said it that way. Nothing can offend me or make me stumble because I love your law, Lord. How about that? So nothing shall offend them. What causes us to trip up and stumble more than offense? Unforgiveness, unresolved conflict in our relationships. Proverb 18, uh, verse 19 says this, a brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city. And quarreling is like the bars of a castle. Whew. A brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city. A strong city won't give up its people. It's fortified. How about that? And and quarreling like the bars of a castle. Man, bars on a castle, probably just as effective as keeping people out at keeping people in. A fence and quarreling forms a prison that we choose to be in. As believers, we don't have to. It's, It's an option for us to let things go embrace the love and the law of the Lord, experience his great peace by letting offense just go by like clouds in the sky on a beautiful summer day. There's an opportunity for offense. I'm not going to engage that. We have that kind of power inside of us because we have the word of God and the spirit of God to enable us to do it. Are you with me? In these last few moments, I'm going to share with you some practical points. I'm a practical points preacher at heart. I love the law of the Lord. I love to preach the word of God, but please somebody tell me how to change my life. You know, man, I'll just, 10% goes in the bucket. Okay, thank you so much. You know what I'm saying? Like, somebody just make it plain. Somebody shout, make it plain. Make it plain, make it plain preacher. All right, man. As believers, uh, oh, man, whoo! just a couple minutes left. We have decisions We have decisions to make. In order to operate in the power and the presence of God, we have decisions that we have to make. The first decision when it comes to offense, we have to decide to let it go. We have to decide to let it go like those clouds in the sky just floating on by, out by Lake Just, "Mm." (laughs) Oh, man, that could offend me if I thought about it. How about that? imagine the word of God can make you like that, make that possible for you? Proverbs 19, 11 says, a man's wisdom gives him patience. It is to his glory to overlook an offense. How about that? Doesn't God get all the glory? What are you talking about? Doesn't God get all the glory? Man, how about that? God promises, hey, if you overlook an offense, you get glory too. How about that? That's amazing. What a, what a, a, a nugget of wisdom there. Let me just take it straight to the gospels here. Jesus. In the account of the crucifixion in Luke chapter 23, we know the story. He's wrongfully accused. He did nothing wrong. He never sinned. He never made any mistakes. And yet he's wrongfully accused of, of breaking the law and uh, accused of heresy. He's found guilty, sentenced to death, beaten and abused and wrongfully imprisoned Then led to the cross, carries his cross, whipped and abused. He gets there. He's crucified between two criminals. Now he's on the cross And people are hurling insults. The same people that laid down palm branches in front of him and welcomed him to Jerusalem are sneering at him and mocking him on the cross. If you're God, why don't you just come down off that cross and prove it? He had the power in that moment to call down 20,000 legions of angels and wipe humanity off the face of the earth and start over if he wanted to. He had every right to do it. He was wrongfully accused. He had no part to play in his being on that cross. Instead, what does he do? Forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. That is the very heart and nature of our God, isn't it? The almighty creator God of the universe has a list of things, that reasons that we should not be forgiven. And what does he do instead? Forgive them, Father. They, they don't know what they're doing. They're not perfect like us. This is Jesus. Extend grace to them. When we forgive and overlook offenses, it is us acting with the very character and nature and heart of God toward other people. Are you with me on that? We have to decide to do it, though. The power is in our hands. God doesn't overwhelm us and make us do it. He says, you choose. You decide. Are you going to be offended or are you going to let it go? Like clouds in the sky, it's floating on. You're going to remember that when you go out of here, you roll out to Cracker Barrel. You're going to be like like clouds in the sky, It's floating on by. <laughs> Woo! I'm telling you. Second decision we have to make, we have to make a decision to follow the Spirit. The Spirit, I love the scripture in 1 Corinthians 10 where it says that God has given us a temptation more than we are able to bear. But when we do endure those temptations, they're going to come. When we do, he will provide a way out so we can stand up under it. That's called submitting to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit Well, every time you go to get offended, the Holy Spirit will tell you, Ooh. the Holy Spirit, you'll feel it. If you're a believer and you got the Holy Spirit in you, the, here's the thing, the unregenerate world who has not received Christ, don't give a rip. You're offensive. Oh. I would never trust you again. That's, that's without Christ. The Holy Spirit inside of us as believers. Whoosh, he's, whoosh, let it go, let it go, let it go. The Holy Spirit starts singing like frozen. Let it go. It's up to us though to take the way out. God makes a way out. It's up to us to hit the eject button and get out of there and not take an offense, right? We have to decide to let it go. We have to decide to follow the spirit. Romans 8:2 says this, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. You are no longer obligated to get offended. Your human nature has been crucified with Christ. There's nothing in your regenerate person, for any one of us, that really needs to be offended. But we get in the flesh. Oh, that flesh, it's like Velcro for offense, man, just, ha, 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 that feels so good to the flesh. I think I'm going to make fun of you for a little while. You offended me, right? Ooh, this is a heavy, baby, this is a heavy message for a man, Sunday morning. Preacher guy from Orlando, come rolling in here, give me this heavy message before brunch. Oh my goodness. <laughs> we have to decide to follow the spirit. You're empowered. I'm here to declare to you that you are empowered by the word of God and by the spirit of God to overlook offense. You are empowered by the word of God and the spirit of God to let it go and let it not stick to you and change the way you think and feel toward people who desperately need your love, who desperately need your shepherding and your heart for Jesus to reach out to them and say, you know what, I could get offended there, but I'm not gonna, I'm gonna forgive you. How about that? It's a powerful moment when we decide to let it go and follow the Spirit. The final decision we have to make, we have to decide to love. We have to decide to love. Write it down. We have to decide to love. Love is a choice for every one of us. Love is not something that, you know, is forced or mandated because that's coercion. That's manipulation. That is not love. Love. All right, love is a choice and a decision that each of us have to make. That's why God doesn't coerce us into a relationship with Him. He invites us. He says, "Come, all you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest." You've been offended. You've been wrong, wrongfully accused. You've been hurt and wounded by things you didn't deserve. He says, "Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, I will give you rest." That's love. 1 Corinthians 13 describes it for us. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. We're getting close here. It is not easily angered. And check out this one. It keeps no record of wrongs. What I want you to see here is that if we're going to love like Jesus... We have to stop keeping score. It's a decision that you and I as believers have to make. I'm here as a pastor to encourage you to do it, but it's up to you. On behalf of the Lord, I encourage you to do it. Here today, the Lord sets before you life and death. Life and death is in the power of the tongue, right? Today, the Lord sets before you life and death, and I encourage you to choose life. Choose life. You know, bitterness, wounds, offense, it hurts. It's death. It's not what God's best is for you. Today, in this place, choose to love like Jesus. Forgive, even though they don't deserve it. And make a decision to stop keeping score. Why don't we all rise to our feet? This is not something we can do in our own flesh or our own strength, I promise you that. But you have the word and the spirit and that's all you need. I encourage you today. You have everything you need to let it go. Why don't you bow your heads? I'm just going to lead you in prayer. And, you know, I've been praying this. I'm telling you, man, I'm in the middle of this. This isn't something that pastors, you know, are impervious to. In our family, there's opportunities for offense right now. In At work, in our church, there's opportunities for offense right now. I not let it touch me. And I hope you'll do the same. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to encourage you. If if God's bringing someone to your remembrance right now, that you need to forgive. Even before they ask. Even before they deserve it. The most powerful words in the believer's vocabulary are, I forgive you. Forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. I forgive you. Think about that. I forgive you. If you're willing to express and release that to God today, that person, that situation, that wound, that hurt, that frustration, that moment where you know you picked up an offense, if you're willing to give that to God, there's peace and there's healing in the room today. I encourage you, just in your heart of hearts, release that to the Lord today. He wants to take that off of you, cast your cares on him for He cares about you. Release your heavy burdens to Him. He wants to carry you. Even say that person's name, even under the sound of your voice. If it's a person you need to forgive, just say their name out loud. I forgive that person. I release that person of the debt they owe me. I release that person for what they did to me. You're the one that's gonna be released out of prison today if you're willing to do that. Spirit, I pray for your great peace to fall upon your people. Lord, we have a strong desire to follow you and to be like you and to love you and to know your ways and to follow your ways and to make your ways our ways. God, enable us and empower us to do it by forgiving those who have offended us. We release them to you, Lord. You are the right and just judge. We release them to you and for us, as for us, as for me and my house, we will forgive, we'll serve the Lord, we'll forgive and operate in peace. God, make us a city on the hill in the city of Orlando. Make us like stars in the sky. God, this... This city is dark and filled with people who are offended and hurt and wounded and who need the love of Jesus. God, help us to be like a shining city on a hill full of people who operate in grace and mercy and forgiveness and kindness in the spirit of God toward others. Lord, we thank you for it. Enable us, empower us to do it today, even as we rededicate our lives to you. If you need to make peace with God, do it even right now. It's between you and the Lord. Say, Lord, I surrender my life to you. I've been holding back from you, God, but today I surrender my life fresh and new to you. Your kingdom, your name, and your renown are the desire of my heart, God. And from this day forward, I declare my life, my love, and my loyalty belong to jesus i will serve no other king i will serve no other kingdom from this day forward, god my heart is yours decide that today in great peace i guarantee you will flood into your heart just let it let it go and let god in we receive from you today god we commit all these things to you in jesus name amen amen can we thank pastor john for being here today Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and review and share what you heard today. If you'd like more content like this, or you'd like to connect with us, go to celebrationorl.org. We hope you join us next time.